had to make sure he uh, got his sip of tea in. Yeah, just the black tea. Mm. Just a classic. He can't uh, can't talk about hoops on an empty stomach, I guess. No. I, and I like to have a bit of honey in my guzzle, in my gullet before I do a pod. So That's whether nice. it be in tea or just a little squirt out of the bottle. A man of fine taste. I like it. Is this yeah. to help with your throat? Because um, you do cough occasionally. Yeah, that, occasionally. Yeah. And um, just stops from yeah, drying out as much. Sort of keeps mm. me a little bit lubricated. Very good. Yeah. All right. We, uh, we ready for this one? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-Bit, powered by our pals at Audio-Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and I'm joined by the Colin Sexton and Darius Garland of 8-Bit. I'll let you decide who is who. It's John Peck and Brendan White. Boys, happy new year. Welcome to 2021. How are we doing? Yeah, we're doing okay. I think we're surviving. We've just had a, our first mini isolation of 2021, but uh, it allowed us to do a lot more things inside, watched a lot mm. of sports, played a lot of video games, ate a lot of food, built a bookcase because I'm a handyman yeah. now. 2021, I'm like, oh, like I'm up in here, <laughs> home improvement, my butt off. But uh, yeah. I'm doing good. How about you, JP? Yeah, I, was, I just wanted to mention that of the three of us, my basketball team's not the worst in the in the NBA this season. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, straight straight into the uh, into the eight bit uh, invitational. Yeah, so no, no, no. Uh, no sorry, I wasn't referring to that. I was referring oh. to the Raptors being like below the Bulls in the standings, which is kind of shocking. Tank Nation, baby, we're uh, we're dialing it in. Uh, we're we're fading for Cade. Let's make it happen. I'm I'm willing it into existence. I'm. All on board, the Tank Nation for the it's Raptors. It's so early for tanking, but yeah. you're all in. <laughs> I'm all in. You know me. I don't do anything by halves. I'm, I'm all in even at the most stupid times. Like, I'm just, oh, just jumping in, jumping out. Like, yeah, I just don't I don't dip a toe. Like, I'm, I'm in. Even if it's like an inch of water, I'm doing a bomb into that puddle. I will just say, uh, do you guys want to take a guess at what uh, Cleveland fans have been calling the combination of uh, Garland and Sexton? Sex land. Yeah, sex land. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'd, I'd happily buy a, buy a bit of real estate at sex land. <laughs> That's an interesting theme park. Oh, yeah. I say. <laughs> you must be this big to ride this ride. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll end up taking my uh, house at 6969 Cool Street in Weedsport, New York. Thank you very much. Um, That's actually a real place. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a, an interesting fortnight in the nba um as we continue on as we i guess get through the first 10 games or so uh, in the nba and what's been the, the biggest takeaway from the last fortnight from you guys we'll start with you brendan <sighs> i i don't want to steal your thunder and say the suns but i think <laughs> i think the biggest sort of uh eyebrow raising thing for me and it's something i think jono's sort of backed early in the race so i'll give him some credit where credit's due and that's that's the worry is actually becoming a coherent unit and uh getting some w's uh they've won a couple in a row now six and four in their last or in the in the, in the 10 games they've played after looking absolutely woeful in the first couple of games where they just got absolutely ran off the court 
Uh, obviously, Steph is going uh, is going god tier at the moment to sort of get them to most of these wins, but they're looking pretty good. Like they're they're sitting in fifth in the West at the moment. Um, after those sort of very abysmal first couple of games, I thought, man, they're on their way to the lottery again. Obviously, it still could happen. We're ten games in. We've still got sixty two games to go in the season, but. I'm uh, I'm pleasantly surprised a little bit about them Warriors and um, the other one is uh, looking at the other end of the the win loss column and uh, my Toronto Raptors or the Craptors as they're they're sort of getting labelled around the joint at the moment uh, two and seven uh, if the if the Wizards or the Pistons get a W in the next couple of weeks we're gonna oh next couple of games sorry we're gonna officially have the worst record in the league so uh, as I said I'm uh, I'm all all aboard the tank. Uh, let's mail it in. Let's trade off Kyle Lowry, get some young assets and picks, and uh, try and retool on the fly because uh, we're not looking very good right now. Yeah, it's a, a tough spot to be in, uh, especially with the Wizards who try as they might, especially uh, Bradley Beal going for his 60 points and in a still losing, losing effort. God. <laughs> you hate to see it. Uh, John, what about you? What have you been uh, excited about? excited about oh that's uh i'm 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 hesitant to say that i'm excited about the bulls but i i guess i'm pleased that even though they're not going to make the playoffs or be good they're not the worst team in the league that's that's what i came into the show saying uh they're four and six i think they were four and three before this losing streak but yeah showing losses in a row yeah yeah but like showing some signs of of promise from from some of the young guys and um you know i haven't actually watched them because i've kind of got into the habit of not watching the bulls over the last few years but i might have to start paying attention to them like it might be time to to get in before it's just like fair weather fan time um (laughs) uh yeah but like we've seen white show some flashes of of um excellence in the last week or so uh we've seen zach levine go off and and show that he can definitely put the ball in the hoop he had 45 as we record this today against the clippers in a loss but some really nasty moves a lot of range being shown there we knew that he could do that but to see the you know the way that he's been doing it semi-consistently has, has been has been cool i don't know if it's enough to uh you know develop a winning culture it's interesting to see like you know this is what they're doing for a new coach a couple of weeks into the season so by the end of the year they they may have uh you know developed something there that they can build off especially with so much young talent but um yeah it's uh it's it's kind of puts us in that i guess that position that probably the suns were like the last few years where it's like yeah they're not good but there's something there you know what i mean like, you know what i mean tilby mm. they're at least I good do. to watch like they're they're <laughs> not a bad team to watch at the moment they're a fun a fun young team on the court like there, there's mm. some good ball distribution there's some good athleticism some good shooting and I've, I've been very surprised at white actually looking like a starting caliber guard like i thought he was going to be just eternally the the sixth man you know the spark plug off the bench that was perfect for him but he's actually yeah, sort yeah. of changing his game a little bit to to work as a as a good floor general he's still much very much a shoot first type of guy but he's he's looking pretty good there yeah there's not like a whole lot of promise from like the defensive end which is what, what would concern me that you know if, if we are coming up against the bulls like if, if anyone on my fantasy team is coming up against the bulls like i'm picking them to go off that game 
And, you know, you could say that for, you know, there's some really good teams that are still like that. Like the Blazers are a team that's been pretty bad defensively. Like they just get smashed. And even the Lakers have had like, you know, they're sitting up top like they've won a lot of games, but they've still had some really poor defensive showings now and then when they go into kind of cruise mode. So, you know, it's um it's something where it's for the Bulls, it's not because they're cruising. It's just they haven't got to that point yet where they can kind of hang their hat on defense so yeah i i'm i want to see that a bit more especially from the young guys where you know they're coming to the league trying to make a name for themselves scoring is always the the thing that catches the most attention so that's what young guys tend to to focus on the most but yeah it's it's a lack of of veterans around them that are leading that that's um, probably going to develop that defensive culture but you know, don't want to do too much of a deep dive on the Bulls because they're not the most uh, exciting team to talk about. <laughs> well, what about you, Tilby? Yeah. What's, what's your highlights of the past fortnight? Well, there is a team in Phoenix called the Suns who are uh, currently somehow, the key word being somehow, sitting second in the Western Conference with a 7-3 and three record, which is mm. just completely blowing my mind. Um, I think it's the fact that they've been able to just pull out wins in games where, you know, in the last maybe two to three seasons, they would have been absolutely swept off the court, uh, like away games in Utah and away games in Indiana over the last week or so, where, you know, even last season I would have thought, you know, that's an easy win for the home team there, chalk that one up and let's get back on the road. But they've been digging it out, you know. Uh, as much as I hated the idea of it at the start of the season, Chris Paul has done... Some, some impressive things for us mm. being that veteran presence really sort of as you said Brendan mm. being that, that floor general for us um, Mikhail Bridges I would almost I like I'd put my hand up to say he's a a definite contender for most improved uh, he, I think he had 34 in uh, in our last game um, against Indiana and he was just all over the floor like he's he's a, a terrier of a of a player really just nips at your heels Um Kind of like Patrick Beverly without the sort of like douchebag factor. Mm. Had a uh, bit more height. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> mm. um, that's been really fun for me to see. I think I don't see them staying there where they are. I think I'd say over the next month or two, they might dip a little bit. And whether or not, uh, you know, health protocol comes into effect and we do get hit by it over the next couple of months, it, it would be interesting to see how much we can uh, really hold on for that and we'll discuss that sort of stuff later on in the show but I would not be surprised to see them around that between four and six I think that would be really solid for us even then I would consider that a victory for us um, mm. given yes. how, how how long we've been struggling to even get ahead above water but I mean that's in the west even then like I also wanted to uh, to touch on the Knicks in the east they were <laughs> five above and five right they were, well, they were above 500 in January for the first time in, I think, almost a decade, about nine years now. Um, shout out to friends of the show, Seth Rosenthal and uh, Dave Martinson, who were absolutely ecstatic with uh, how this team is playing so far. And I think this one's going to be a little bit tougher to, to possibly see them uh, staying above uh, the eight and staying in, in the race for the playoffs. But especially given that Miami and Brooklyn are, are probably just behind, like they're only just around that 500 mark as well. So there's definitely some really good teams in and around that 500 uh, point in the Eastern Conference. But 
I mean, fair play for giving the the long suffering Knicks tragic some uh, something to cheer about at least. Cavs in there as well. Like, it's it's a lot tougher to to predict what's going on in the East, um, at least for, yeah. for for teams getting in. But even then, like you've had the uh, the Ball brothers going up against each other. That was fun to see. Like players going off for ridiculous scores. Steph's gone off for fifty. Beal went off for for sixty. Like you, you, you just you, we're just getting everything all at once in the the first sort of mm. two to three weeks of the season, and I worry that we're not going to have a lot of fun for the rest of the year. We're all going to have a a pretty sort of boring remainder of the year. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot there to uh, enjoy for sure. But uh, yeah, anything else from you guys? Not particularly. Not particularly. I'm still happy that my uh, bold prediction of the Cavs maybe squeaking into the playoffs <laughs> is still live, alive right now. Just. You know, I'm, I'm here to try and be the, the friction between you two sissies that just pick the low-hanging fruit all the time. I'm trying to get a little bit of divisiveness going and my nuts are on the table. They're probably going to get chopped off as most of these hot takes lead me to, but uh, I'm living right now and I'm alive and uh, maybe we could probably pivot into this. Yes, indeed. Basketball Bits is back for another episode. Some uh, interesting stories going around the league over the past fortnight. And of course, uh, one that's really been sort of dominating proceedings and really something I don't think we've ever had to discuss is uh, the fact that a whole number of teams have been, I guess, brought down to, to bare bones. It's probably the clo- the best way to say it. Yeah. Uh, the Sixers obviously were first. Uh, they started their game against I think the Nuggets a couple of days ago with uh, eight players taking the court. Obviously, seven played. They had to have one player, I guess, who was injured, suit up in in gear to prevent a a forfeit. Um, they only just lost that game. Tyrese Maxey absolutely having a, a blinder with a thirty nine point performance, yeah. which should give Doc Rivers some some headaches. I just like to imagine him running around the front office trying to look for anyone who <laughs> had any any semblance yeah. of, of of basketball knowledge. Can you shoot a jump shot? Yeah, kind of. Suit up. We're playing in fifteen minutes. Like he's running <laughs> yeah. around looking for the the social media intern or, or someone who could you know s- somewhat play a, a game yeah, of basketball. Sign him but... to a ten day contract and get him on the floor. <laughs> exactly. We, I wonder we how... might get a we might get an Airbud situation. <laughs> like you know the old like there's nothing in the rule book that says you know the the social media guy can't play yeah we'll uh <laughs> we'll the suns will happily draft the uh the phoenix suns gorilla to play uh basketball he's yeah. got some good dunks in him but uh of course earlier today we did hear the news that uh, the celtics were also reduced to some very uh minimal numbers i'm not sure if they were injury based as well but of course COVID being the uh the big factor in this, they were down to about seven or eight. And then even before the game took place, uh, the Heat, uh, they played their part as well. A uh, inconclusive COVID test meant that uh, the game had to be postponed. What do we think about this? Is this just going to be the new normal now for, for the NBA? Or how do we see this playing out? I certainly heard that the Celtics were uh, there were some injuries there too uh, because they're a bunch of sissies I think there was a couple of stubbed toes and they had to sit out let's so. let's put our let's put our bias against the, the Celtics to the side here for just a, a moment Brent. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm like even though it's 10 games in I'm surprised it's taken this long I don't know if that sounds 
a bit dramatic or pessimistic, but just knowing how messed up it is over there with COVID running rampant through everything, I'm surprised that it's taken this long for them to have a game postponed. So kudos to everyone involved. It's been keeping things relatively safe and and COVID-free, I guess, for lack of a better term. But yeah, I think this is going to start ramping up. I think we're probably going to see this start happening more and more. And then you couple this with like, there's a lot of injuries going around the place. So so rosters are already getting stretched a little bit thinner. And then you get a couple of these potential contact tracing issues or someone with an inconclusive test. And we're probably going to see a few more games postponed much sooner rather than later, I think. Mm. Yeah, we sh- we should note, I think the Rockets had a game cancelled in December, didn't they? Oh, they did too, yeah, because yeah. of... um. Yeah, because uh, that party. Uh, yes. Our good old friend, James Hart. <laughs> and the guys who were getting haircuts. That's right. Yeah. So, so this is the second t- time it's happened and obviously the third team to be like really impacted by, uh, you know, COVID basically. And not to mention on top of that, we had Kevin Durant just sit out for a full week as a protocol because he was a close contact of someone that was a confirmed case. So it's it's not just people who are infected, but people who are exposed to potential or potentially exposed to confirmed cases that are going to be impacted as well, which can have like could have a huge effect. Like imagine if it was the NBA Finals and oh, LeBron has you know through one of his kids or whatever, like they've had some kind of contact and then he has to sit out. Like you you can't get around it. it doesn't matter how good your you know. Uh, reputation is for never getting injured or sick like if if you're one of these people that's unlucky enough to be close contact sorry that's the rules like there's no way around it and it's it's kind of a a scary thing like it's such an unpredictable uh element of this season that's i think really going to mess up you know some winning streaks and it's going to mess up like chemistry and like yeah that unpredictability, yeah. that Russian roulette sense of, of sort of playing with athletes' health, I think is going to be a, a big thing for a successful team to overcome, mm. whether, you know, a team might make it to the playoffs or even the finals and they might sort of yeah. gauge their successful season on whether or not not only they can stay healthy, like physically, but also for their health-wise and whether they can sort of avoid this this mm. COVID pandemic and, and all that and sort of keeping their players you know isolated enough and and keep them sort of healthy enough is going to be whether or not a a team you know like it could easily have affected the lakers you know and they could have easily have had you know their first two weeks of the season blindsided by this sort of thing so it's it's really just going to be you know whether or not a team can can stay healthy and it is a bit of a luck sort of thing Mm -hmm. unfortunately but i think that's going to be the way forward it It makes me like the lakers already have COVID the way they're performing at the moment. They are playing at, you know, half foot on the throttle at the moment. Like they're just very, uh, very nauseous out there. It looks like they're, they're sort of trying here and there. And then they're like, okay, better have a bit more of a crack. And yeah, is it finals yet? Like that's, that's all that's in their mind at the moment. But uh, and they're still on yeah. the top of the conference. So what yeah, does that say? Somehow. <laughs> it's a weak but- west. The thing that I was going to say is it, it makes me wonder when playoffs are coming up, like, will they look at doing some kind of bubble again just for the playoffs to ensure the integrity of that, you know, that period doesn't get ruined by COVID? 
it's such a huge expense i know to to put that together and you know obviously hiring out disneyland or whatever it is like it's 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 not something that's easy to do but at the risk of how much money could be lost from like a lackluster or a tarnished or an asterisk going up uh over the nba finals because the big superstars aren't playing like that's a that's a pretty big risk to take i think and whether it's like a self-imposed thing where teams decide like you know we're just going to be going from hotel straight to games we're not going to see our families like I just wonder whether there'll be at least a team that, that goes hard, whether it's imposed by the NBA or just within those organizations. I Johnny, think they'd you, have to, right? Well, I was going to ask, like, Johnny, you probably know about it a bit more than I do, but, like, what's what's the actual cost involved in terms of, I guess, forfeiting, forfeiting a game? Like, if, if Doc Rivers said, you know, against the Nuggets, like, which he literally did say, we've been pushed into a corner, we couldn't really do anything because he obviously didn't want to get, you know, the forfeit against him or mm. have that sort of postponement. So he's obviously like, there's obviously some sort of financial cost to these teams and, or, because I've heard other things in yeah. other sports where they, they would lose draft picks or they Apparently would... Apparently 1% of their pay, so that's their annual salary, so per game that the players lose, then I guess the, the team would lose a big chunk as well. Allegedly, though, from what I'm seeing on a few of these little the little rulings here, yeah, one percent um, of the contract value per year per player. Even still, right. like that can yeah, that can dig up, and especially as well, like if it happens more than once, like if a team is supposed to isolate for well, how long? Two weeks. With in, confirmed cases, yeah. Yeah, in general circumstances, like that can rack up, and that can be you know, catastrophic for a team who's, you know, who may not be making that much money even with, you know, no fans coming into the arena. So yeah, it's, 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 it's such a weird situation to be in, but yeah. I don't, I don't know what the, the, the best step is. Cause I would agree that, you know, going into a bubble makes the most sense. Obviously if money was no object, going into a bubble makes the most sense for health reasons, but you know, it may not be possible in this yeah in this season so we, we do we'll have, have the look. element as well of like postponing a game traditionally means everyone that bought a ticket to that game gets their money back but that's not an issue because there's no fans so it yeah. probably is a far more simpler to just yeah. reschedule these games and than you think there'd been. be less wastage less food and beverage that'd be wasted and getting tossed out stuff mm. like that so i'd say that the stadiums would be running on a loss but i don't think it'd be huge really yeah, when exactly. you sort of weigh it all up yeah Anyway, um, Jono, you had some interesting words to say about one Markeith Morris <laughs> following the events of today's yeah. Lakers-Rockets game. Do you want to explain yourself? Uh, well, I'll, I'll use some different words for the podcast. I- I'm calling Markeith <laughs> Morris a studio gangster because, you know, for people that missed the game, he um, sh- I think it was Pat Beverly he shoved to the ground against the, the Lakers. Oh, sorry, the Clippers today oh wait no he played who, who the, we talking was about? the rockets yeah the rockets. rockets yeah and uh who was the point guard that got shoved I it was jay, pushed... jay sean tate yeah, yeah. that's it I, I don't know why i thought pat bev anyway he shoved the little guy to the ground and uh boogie cousins being the stand-up guy that he is kind of retaliated and just gave him a little kind of simple shove yeah. that knocked him straight down like he was you know, like a, he was a, shot, a cardboard cutout basically, yeah. <laughs> and then immediately dismissed uh, Morris to help his teammate up. But Morris was like so, you know, enraged by being showed up that he pushed Boogie, 
whilst he was helping up this teammate and boogie barely moved an inch like he just is such a muscle of a man that he was not affected and it just seemed like such a a, a weak move to to go back at boogie as if boogie was in the wrong like it was so clearly yeah instigated by morris and it, like what does that tell you about this person's mindset that like, like I, 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 I just, I just can't get like my my head around this guy. Like, who does he think he is? I like, I saw the footage, and not only was it a pretty weak move from Morris to to push a guy who's considerably smaller than him, but like, fair play to to Boogie for for sort of picking up his guy, then walking away and just sort of like not, you know, he's just sort of wiping Getting his caught hands, up in it, yeah, yeah, just wiping his hands of the entire thing and and not really sort of trying to get involved while. Morris is there sort of chirping over his <laughs> while while um while Trez and, and LeBron are just sort of like no like just like leave it so <laughs> don't mess with him he was yeah. on our team last year <laughs> yeah. he was trying to recapture like the the Ron Artest heyday or something like that he's like you know we need it we need a tough man here in in LA and yeah, they're like as you said, like cardboard gangsters. Probably a good way to describe these Morris brothers. Like they act like they're tough on the court, but they're just even though you're not going to say it, punk bitches is what they are. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was nice to see him get like flicked like a little gnat off off Boogie's. Like when Boogie pushed him, he just went yeah. flying across the court. Yeah. It was good to see. But then I don't know what happened. I didn't watch the game. I only sort of saw that highlight after you uh, chucked the little mm. little thing in the in the Facebook chat. Booker didn't play like a minute more after this game, and he, he wasn't fouled out. He took out. a swipe at LeBron. That's why he, he was. It looked like a play on the ball, but he, he like LeBron was driving, and he just smacked down across like the the front of his head, and they ruled it a flagrant two, and he was ejected. So oh, okay. That's what happened. My my sport app didn't didn't update with that then because I'm sitting there going, you know, he he played. I think it was six minutes or eight minutes, and he had like six points, four boards, and a block or something. And he's like, he's when he's getting minutes, he's looking good. But mm. yeah, you just yeah. thought he was getting injured again. Yeah, yeah you, you, you can't take the crown off the king like that the way he did. So <laughs> got to keep oh, things dear. under control. That's just, be a... that's just street justice. That is, you know, you yeah. you're one of my boys, I'm taking one of yours. Like that's how they roll in the streets. It, it definitely oh, looked man. like that, but you know, like they played together last season. I don't think Boogie would have a go at LeBron in that way. And it looked like a play at the ball. He just missed and was like very rough. Like, like swiping downwards against someone who's driving the ball is probably not like the smartest play to make. Like, even if you think I could smack the ball out of his hands, like it's yeah. There's there's other defensive plays to make against a, a layup <laughs> i mean you say you say street justice i just say handbags at 10 paces like that's what this was <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next matchup because i feel like these uh these two are gonna have a fun time that always happens mm. with like the first time that two people or two players come together in an altercation in the next game everyone's like yeah. oh with a microscope and seeing what's yeah, gonna yeah. happen and then it just never happens so like like Embiid and anthony towns last year it was like that big you know, brawl and what's the UFC, happen. UFC ground game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're writing it in the calendar the next time they meet up. I don't know if they did meet up again because of the canceled season, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious what Boogie has for Morris, if anything. I think it, like the way that Boogie approached this was almost like Morris was nothing to him. Like he's got bigger fish to fry. And I, I just, I know that Boogie's hasn't had like the greatest last few years, but I'm so glad that he's like somewhat relevant again. Like he's playing. You know, he's uh, potentially 
got something to show still in his you know in his uh nba career mm. well we shall see but uh the last little point for basketball bits uh i know we've got a couple of uh trading card fiends in this call here both of you uh oh, not me no not yet yeah. Not well, yet. not yet. We'll make a man, we'll make a trading card man out of you yet. But okay. uh, I know Brendan's big on the uh, the old trading card phenomenon that is sweeping the world at the moment, especially NBA cards. And uh, Jono's actually linked us this article from TMZ. Surprisingly, I didn't know mm. they were big on this sort of stuff. But uh, the one on one of one rookie card, uh, Mister Zion Williamson, and it looks like it could be cashed in for some big money. And uh, we're talking, well, this box generally runs around $7,000 for a, a box of 2019-20 Panini Flawless Basketball cards. So this is big stuff. Like It's big money. Like you, you got to wear your big boy pants in some of these breaks and some of these boxes. Like You can get a lot of standard run-of-the-mill packs that have a very low probability of something sexy, but you can pay up for like a pack with like five cards in it that is like a guaranteed autograph, like an autograph on card or, you know, limited run series where it's like some, some fabric from a Jersey or whatever, like any, anytime you can get anything limited or, or numbered for any of these rookies, like people just go crazy for the rookies. Like mm. uh, what's the, what's the rookie at, at LA that lit it up in, in the preseason. Everyone's uh, like, Oh, he's the best, you know, L Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. yeah. That, that dude, like, does absolutely nothing really but like there was cards of his going for several thousand dollars like after those first few games just the market goes and goes mad and um yeah so like your zions and your jars and stuff like that at the moment everyone's pretty horny for those and uh, <laughs> reflected in uh reflected in that price of 750,000 USD for a one of one uh auto on card zion rookie which is bananas yeah. so brandon you're like you said you're probably a little bit more uh, knowledgeable in, in how these sorts of processes work and they're sort of explaining it on the on the TMZ article so he's pulling a bunch of cards essentially and I guess you you're put down for a certain player or, yeah, or how, so, how does this work so depending depending on like if if you're buying the the, the pack yourself obviously you own all those because you can buy them from from collectible stores or eBay or wherever but a lot of these sites like the ones that I play in predominantly for helmets and jerseys and stuff is you're buying a spot in, in a lottery for this unboxing. So there's ones like there's one I bought into today on an NFL site where it was $32 entry and you pick whichever team you want. And so then there's no, so there's no guarantee you'll get a card out of those five or six for these real high end uh, breaks. But if one of those cards pops, it could be several hundred dollars, several thousand dollars, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of risk reward depending on how you're going in. So it's usually you can just buy a random spot and you can buy that whole pack or that whole deck, or you can say, I wanna I wanna buy my spot and I'll take the Pelicans. So you could have a heap of Pelicans cards drop and they're all yours, or you could have none drop and you get nothing. So it's sort of a wow. risk reward with the amount of money you're throwing in and there's no guarantee that your team will team will go. It's mm. like those storage locker auctions where they don't know. Yeah, ex- exactly like that, man. It's ex- that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. It's yeah, you're you're buying the opportunity to potentially win what could be awesome or could be crap in this mm. packet like there's no guarantee you're going to get a card worth worth hundreds or thousands but then it then it can go like randomly like you look at this this is a a matt riddell um 
four of five auto on card from the WWE NXT here. So, you know, you can't really see it too well there, but yeah, there it is. So it was, there's only five four of these five, cards in man. existence of this size with this print that are signed in the world. And I've got one of them. So you can sort of, you know, get some things, then it depends on the market and mm. the value and the, the demand. But yeah, there's a lot of money in this stuff. Yeah, so he's uh, got the the one of one, and uh, this is of course a a logo man card because this also contains his signature, and it's also got a little patch from yeah. uh, his game worn jersey from his rookie season. So these things can fetch some serious dollar dollar. So they expect uh, the card to bring in around seven hundred fifty thousand dollars once the auction goes live January eleventh, which is today at the time of recording. So we shall. <laughs> we shall wait and see how that one goes. But you know what's uh, you know what's interesting about this. Before we move on, is uh, it says an Australian fan ponied up seven fifty to reserve the card. And I know we have a few uh, in our fantasy league, a few guys getting into this. Maybe Perko's been holding out on us, and he's got this this on his hands. It, it says as soon yeah. as they, it says they didn't waste any time putting it up for auction. So like this this dude's only had it for like a, you know from the sounds of it like. A week or so and they're instantly throwing it up for auction you'd think that maybe they'd hold on to it a bit longer no nah, you, you got to strike while the iron's hot like yeah. if people are with a rookie yeah like i like i i like to collect this kind of stuff and there's pieces in my collection that i'll keep but if i got a card or a helmet or a jersey like that that's worth you know four figures up I, and i don't really care if the player it's gone straight away right. like I'm, I'm very big with gambling and stuff you got to you know, you got to bet and gamble with your head, not your heart. So if, if oh, there's yeah. a profit to be made, I'll, I'll sell it off. The, the video here in the article, um, it actually shows the list of players who have been, or sort of people who have been assigned to each particular team. And uh, the player who got the, the Pelicans listing is by the name of Paul. We know a Paul in our uh, NBA. We do, league, yeah, Paul Kwan. So we may have to uh, interrogate him and see whether he's uh, <laughs> rolling in the dough at this point in time. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed he can. Uh, this this mysterious Paul can fetch some good money. But uh, hit us yeah. up, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> fess up. We we won't judge. So come on the pod. <laughs> but, Give us uh, a card, or at least yeah. a, a percentage. I'll, I'll take five percent. I'm good with that. I'm not greedy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But, uh, of course, there is something that uh, you can win that uh, hopefully won't uh, be so much of a risk and reward that uh, we're going to be running this uh, previous episode. A previous episode. Thank you, Brendan, for uh, being the man on the decks there, pulling (laughs) pulling the strings. We are, of course, running a competition to win a big old swag bundle of stuff. thanks to a whole bunch of places, but of course, as well as our friends at Audio-Technica who are supplying us with not only, well, we've got a whole bunch of stuff from Nike, Stance, Mitchell and & Ness, and uh, some very nice headphones as well. But, yeah, uh, and they're Bluetooth over-ear, so uh, cord-free, um, and they've got some noise-canceling capabilities in them as well. They're really, really nice. I use them as my over-ear wireless set when I'm traveling, and uh, they haven't skipped a beat. I've had them for two three years maybe without an issue so uh yeah i think overall the the little swag pack we got it's got to be worth maybe 400 bucks thereabouts maybe a little bit more so it's uh, it's some good stuff yeah and there's also some uh, some panini cards in there so who knows maybe you might pull a uh, 
a special card that you could easily make the money back on. I anyway. need to vet those cards really quick first, see if there's any signed autos. Uh, they, they might get lost in the post and we'll have to put a claim in with the Australia Post because they certainly won't stay here. But uh, we will, of course, post all of the details on Twitter um, pretty much as soon as this episode goes live. But to enter, you, of course, need to be listening to this episode, which, of course, you are at this point in time. But uh, we need you to remember the code word that we're going to be revealing now. And, Brendan, what is that code word? That code word is sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. So sweaty balls. if you want to slide balls. into our DMs, at we are eight bits or any of our individuals at John himself at it's Tilby at Brendan eight bit or if you want to send us an email and get all formal hello at eight bit.net and just send that code word to us sweaty balls to go in the draw to win a good chunk of swag and I will uh, get that sent out the second we get that winner announced and have that gear in your hands without those signed on card autos obviously but the rest of it will be yours. I promise. Yes. And I guess uh, we'll probably be announcing that one for on the next episode. Bingo! <laughs> no Perfect photos. Timing. No photos. Just no. just word. Just just in all just caps. Just the code word. Just the code word. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, if you're sending photos, don't then send them to my my personal handle, yeah. please. Send photos to Dude, Cuz I can use me. a laugh. <laughs> no. Send all the sweaty balls. <laughs> I don't need that on my conscience. Thank you very much. Send them all to Addits Tilby. No, thanks. But, uh, well, Jono, you've, uh, you've now got the floor for the next one. Yeah. Five and five. All righty then. Well, it's time for five and five, as the jingle indicates. And this is the segment, if you missed the last episode, where we are going to go through five things in five minutes. We've got the timer happening. And... Uh, I've got a topic. I think Matt Tilby has a topic. We're each going to yes. go I through. I will start so. the timer now. All right. So before we introduce the the, the, the timer, I'm going to tell you what the, the topic is. I was going to say, you know, after I think it was, I think it might have been Brad Beal's 50, 60 point game or maybe it was Steph Curry's, but I thought, you know, I'm going to go through five guys that you won't believe scored 50 points. Sorry, in our journal it says five players Matt Tilby won't believe scored 50. Why are you putting this on me? <laughs> That's Why correct. Why am I on public blast? <laughs> because when I said that was the, the topic, you were kind of incredulous that there could be that many guys that have scored 50. So without further ado, here are 50 <laughs> okay. players that Matt Tilby won't believe scored 50. 50 uh, players. <laughs> do you, do you want to... Sorry, five players. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hit the hit the music, uh, Brendan? It's already playing. I've got it. I've had to oh. obviously turn it down. Otherwise, we won't be able to hear each other over ourselves. All right. Well, I don't know how much time I got, but uh, starting with Mo Williams, from most likely to least likely in 2015, Mo Williams scored 52 points in a, a, tw- a nine-point win over the Pacers when he was playing for the Timberwolves. He uh, also had seven assists and four rebounds, shot uh, six three-pointers, and uh, after that, we have Terrence Ross, uh, Brendan's old friend from the Raptors. He uh, did this in a loss to the Clippers. It was a 51-point game that you probably remember quite well in 2014. I do indeed. Oh, 10 three-pointers. You probably thought, you know, uh, well, where was that every other week? But uh, his, pre- his next <laughs> highest score in his career is only 35 points. And he did and this in his... That's with the Magic, too. That wasn't with us. So. Oh, Really? Yeah, the 35er. That like okay. he was averaging like 
under yeah. 20 for us his whole career for the Raps. So. Yeah, well, his his second year in his league was when he scored 51 and he averaged 11 points a game for the season. So, you know, pretty good one game off effort. But uh, unfortunately, we haven't really seen those flashes of offensive brilliance too much since then. Uh, the next of the the least likely people is Andre Miller in 2010. I think Andre Miller maybe played an all-star game or two in his career, but he wasn't really known as a scorer. He, he went off for 52 points uh, in a two-point win for the Blazers over the Mavs, over Dirk Nowitzki's Mavs. Uh, it was a 22 from 31 from the floor. I don't know if he hit any three-pointers. He wasn't really a three-point shooter. But the thing that was kind of crazy about that, he was 33 years old, averaging 14 points a game that season. And his previous career high was 37 points in 2002. Good on him. See, I'm 34, so there's hope for me yet to achieve greatness. So, <laughs> I mean, he was on. 33, so you're, you're past it, Brendan. You could never score 52. I'm sorry. You're I'll done. do. I'll I'll find a one of one Andre Miller card. That'll get me. That'll get me at least 52 dollars. So uh, let's see how we yeah. go. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the next one is a guy that you'll be shocked, Tilby. Brew, uh, Corey Brewer in 2014. <laughs> What? He scored 51 points. I remember this game very well because it was one of those like he was one of those random guys you'd pick up in a fantasy league just for you know a couple of three pointers and a steal or something to kind of get you over the edge in a matchup. And he went off 51 points, six steals, uh, played 45 minutes in a two point win over the Rockets like really late in the season. Was that with the uh, Bucks? That was when he was also playing with the. Timberwolves, I think. Yeah. Oh, the Wolves. So he averaged been rocking them headbands all the time. Yeah, he, he averaged twelve point three points that season, and his second highest score in his career was twenty nine points. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So this is my least likely player now to ever score fifty. Well, at least in the last ten years, and it's Brandon Jennings in two thousand nine as a rookie. He went off for fifty five. I remember that. Uh, yeah, he, he went. That, yeah, he was he went, all the hotness for a couple of years, and now then he went to China or something, right? He's yeah. He uh, I think two years ago he ended up in Russia or something. Russia, yeah. But yeah, as a rookie, this is the same rookie class I think as Tyreek Evans, Steph Curry. Uh, he looked like in the you know it was really early in the season. Looked like he was going to be the rookie of the year. He ended the season averaging only fifteen point five points a game. He was 20 years old when he did this, and it was in a match against Steph Curry. Uh, he, he actually started the game 0 from 3 and got benched, so he scored his 55 points in three quarters, which makes it even more oh, crazy. Geez. And his next highest career high was uh, 37 points a game. So Damn. Brendan Jennings, the least likely 55-point game ever, surely. <laughs> That's that's a solid effort, especially in three quarters. But yeah, I think I think Corey Brewer for me is probably the one that stands out. To be honest, mm. <laughs> he's just not re- ever been sort of that player to me. No. But. Well, when you don't have a three point shot, it's uh, it's it's pretty hard to get a little bit difficult. So yeah, yeah. You, you do well. <laughs> and, and like if you listen to No Dunks, they talked about this earlier in in the week. I think like it seems like sixty is the new fifty because it used to be when someone scored fifty, it was like this crazy thing. And now it's just like 50s are happening. Like, you know, Steph's had two 50-point games already. And then Beer went off for 60. That was that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah. It's... Yeah, well. Who's going to be the next 60-point player this season? The next 50. Uh, 
I'm going to throw out a random... Uh, I was going to say Jamal Murray, but I'll go with uh, Lillard, I reckon. I can see that happening. Damn it. I reckon it's going to be KD. Ooh, I'd like that. I'll say Kyrie then. Because uh, okay. I, I, ha- I was going to go Lillard, and then I was going to go KD, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll pivot again. <laughs> the easy one. Just give me, a, give me a call when someone hits 70, you know? The real, the real <laughs> point of uh, mm. consideration. Um. For me, this uh, episode, of course, we, we did see over the past fortnight uh, that uh, podcaster and musician John Roderick um, became the enemy of Twitter for when, when do you want some When do you want some background music for your five minutes? I'll let you know. I'm just giving us a little bit of an intro. Um, of course, he basically prevented his nine-year-old kid from uh oh yeah this guy going going without some beans for about six hours trying to figure out how to open it leading to the uh the title of bean dad and then of course bean dad was found out to be a horrific racist xenophobic uh arsehole throughout his old tweets and of course with uh the removal of one donald j trump through twitter i thought it would be an interesting uh way to look at some old nba tweets and how just absolutely batshit insane they are because clearly none of these players had any sort of media training when they came into the league. <laughs> so, uh, yep, yeah, Brendan, let's get the music going. And we start on the 7th of April 2012 with one James Harden replying to a tweet from at NickSleem24 who simply asked, what's your motivation to get up out of your bed every morning? You know, pretty normal tweet. I'm going to say strippers. I haven't said it, seen any of these tweets, but I'm going to say strippers. <laughs> well, he just he just wanted something encouraging from possibly one of his favourite players, and James Harden simply replied, "Food, lol." <laughs> so, That's not too far from from most of my motivations. So, uh, well, I can relate. Someone quote tweeted that and said it clearly hasn't changed in the, in that time. <laughs> so. Next one from uh, our man Giannis Antetokounmpo. Of course, he, you know, we all saw him you know become a, a, a big boy right in front of our very eyes and really adapt to american culture but uh on the the 20th of january 2014 he says i just taste for the first time a smothy obviously means smoothie um and then he america? just and then he just yells out man god bless america yeah <laughs> i remember that one that was such a sweet and young innocent giannis <laughs> That was when he was like still six six foot seven, yeah. and a stick like yeah. pure of heart, Giannis Antetokounmpo. We love to see it. We move on to number three, and it is uh, former NBA champion Marie Spates, who uh, was a, a bit big uh, role player for the Warriors in that championship run. But he tweets on August sixteenth of twenty twelve: If you can't afford porn, just turn on women's tennis and shut your eyes. <laughs> You foul uh, mouth. That is that's quite funny. Vulgar, Marie especially if, like like I remember. I remember Sharapova used to get a few complaints on her because of her her grunting <laughs> was a little like, excessive. Her competitors said so. Uh, I can get that. I got a pretty good imagination. A Australian Open better. starts yes. again soon too. So uh, giddy up. <laughs> giddy up. At number two, we move on to uh, everyone's favourite uh, NBA Twitter user, Mr. Kevin Durant. Of course, uh, we all know about his previous history of uh, using Twitter. And I was going to, I, I almost was going to do five Kevin Durant tweets, but I thought I would spread the love evenly. Um, everyone should go and look up his uh, his tweets about Rihanna and Scarlett Johansson. They're uh, <laughs> probably not worth uh, revealing here because they're a little bit too Come on. Uh, no, too naughty. But Come uh, on. 
There's no rating on this show. <laughs> on July 31st, 2010, KD tweets, I'm watching the History Channel in the club and I'm wondering how do these people know what's going on on the sun? Ain't nobody ever been. <laughs> so he's, he's clearly got a bit of a... A bit of a, a thoughtful mind. He could become mm. a, a professor when he <laughs> retires from the game. But uh, number one goes to Dennis Smith Jr. And uh, on the, the 5th of November 2012, Dennis tweets, <clears throat> Everybody has God-given talents. Mine just so happens to be slanging this wood in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> slanging this wood in my pants. Good on you, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. Is that still out there? All of, these, it... are, all of these are out there. I've checked for their validity. They yeah. still exist. Good on you. Hey, everyone. Matt here. Just a quick message in post to let you know that the tweet from Dennis Smith Jr. has, in fact, been deleted. And that was an oversight on my part. We genuinely don't believe that that is the sort of person that Dennis is anymore. Uh, we were only using it in a joking manner. And hopefully, uh, we will not be making any sort of errors like this in the future. But uh, for now, let's bring you back to your regularly scheduled content. Um, Good on him that he owns that and he's kept it in his in his yeah. Twitter Twitter um, responses and things. So good on him. Yeah, fair play to to all of these people for their uh, uniquely uh, effervescent yeah. tweets. <laughs> I thought Dennis Smith Jr. Up. was going to be become like a Lillard light. When he came out of the draft, he was oh, such a little <laughs> offensive firecracker, but it sounds like he's going to end up uh, hanging out with Spates and making some porn. Who knows? Like, uh, <laughs> oh, slanging boy. this wood. Slanging this wood. That's that the five, five, right? That's the five for me, yes. <laughs> There's two that I wanted to throw out because I thought of them as you were talking. Uh, I don't know if we have music going anymore it's or not. It's still going. Okay. Still got time. Um, I don't know if you remember like the lockout or how closely you followed like the news every single day. Like everyone was just hanging out for any hope or any indication that there was going to be a season. And uh, Roger Mason Jr. was, uh, you know, former New York Nick. He was the Players Union Vice President and a free agent at the time, I think. And he tweeted out like, looking like a season, how are you? And that like set the... <laughs> set the NBA Twitter sphere on fire because it was like, oh, they just got out of a meeting or something and it looks like positive. And then nothing happened for like another few weeks, but it was like, it was a bit of a meme, the whole how you uh, question. And yeah, I that think was meant it, to be DM'd instead of tweeted, the poor fella. Yeah, well, the, the confession that he came out with later was that he was like telling his assistant what to like send in a text and they did it on Twitter instead so it's he's a classic put, like old man put the blame on someone thing. else like he's just oh, yeah I've just mis <laughs> misinterpreted as my search bar or whatever like yeah oh man but and, I think uh, he well, I, I think he originally I, said he was hacked but yeah. So yeah that's five minutes well I will leave you with one extra KD one I feel like we've we've got to reveal the Scarlett Johansson tweet because okay. it's 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 been mentioned and it's we're going into overtime here this is the, 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 the overtime tweet. He, he tweeted this in 2012. Uh, he says, Scarlett Johansson, he mis misspells Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, I will drink your bathwater, lol random. This tweet went viral because it, Bill Simmons on his podcast brought it up a couple of years later and he mm. doubled he doubled down on it. Like, yeah, I mean it. Like, she's single now, right? So, like, he's, he's basically like, all you have, call all me. you can do. Like, when that kind of stuff gets yeah. chucked under the microscope like that or thrown out there and then 
analyzed on these shows you have to own it you can't just go oh i don't know what i was thinking you go like yeah she's a smokehouse like i'll drink a bath water like mm. yeah scarlet call me like you gotta you gotta be all in you gotta be all in slanging that wood fair play <laughs> there's the, uh... the jr smith dm i know it's not a tweet but it's it's inf- in, in infamy in the twitter sphere it's you trying to get the pipe if you remember <laughs> that one <laughs> I feel like that's as perfect time as ever to uh, to move on to our, our last segment of, <laughs> of the episode. Let's Brenton. do it. Blow your own face off. Alrighty, listeners. Uh, we are going to be closing out this episode of Hoop Dreams with another rapid-fire set of questions that I like to call shoot from the hip. Uh, so these questions... Uh, our other participants here, so I'll be, be be answering these as well, but my other two co-hosts here have no idea what I'm going to ask. So they've had no time to prep to prepare. And when I ask that question, they've got to, as, as the segment is called, shoot from the hip. They've got to just throw their answer out there. They can't sit and dwell or Google anything. Just straight from the hip, straight from the head, straight from the heart, whatever you want to say. So uh, the first question I'm going to throw to you guys today uh, Jono, you're going to go first because Tilby went first last time. So we're going to keep that on rotation, make it fair. Okay. Uh, I thought I did, but that's fine. Now, you actually uh, made a point of it, I think, to say okay. that um, <laughs> you wanted Tilby to go you. first so you could have a think. <laughs> and if I did get that mixed up, sorry, but Doesn't sucked in. Okay. <laughs> the question. Today, we witnessed history be rewritten as LaMelo Ball at the ripe old age of 19 years and 140 days dropped 22, 12, and 11 to become the youngest player ever to get a triple-double. The previous record holder was 19 years and 317 days old. Who was that player? Luca, I'm going to guess. Luca, so you're going to go with Luca. Tilby, who are you going with? I'm going to say it was... I'm going to go back a little bit and say, like, Kobe. You're going to go with Kobe? I'm going to go with Markel Fultz because I know uh, the answer. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm shocked he's Markel Fultz. had a triple-double. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he did one, um, yeah, 19 years and 317 days old. Was Obviously, his... he's out for the season now uh, after Was doing his, his knee. Was this his um, Was his Sixers days, yeah. It'd have to be, oh. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, Lamelo, like, he's really, really starting to turn it on. Like after the, what were a lot of people saying, like the worst rookie debut in history in sort of Me the included. first couple of games. <laughs> so now, like, he nearly dropped a triple double against his brother the other day, and now he gets one uh, just today with twenty two, twelve, and eleven. Um, he's starting to ascend. So, uh, yeah, Markel Fultz. Okay, the next question. What team is going to end up with the worst record in the NBA come season end? Oh, far out. Um, I'm supposed to be shooting from the hip. so Shoot from I, that I, hip, I, I yes. feel like I should know who the worst team in the league is. I'm going to say the Pistons. You're going to go the Pistons? What about you, Matty Tilby? Who's going to end up with the worst record in the NBA come the end of this season? The Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. I'm going to go with the Wizards. I think we're all probably pretty close to the mark, but I think losing Thomas Bryant, who is probably just about their only guy that gave half a toss on defense uh, in the last 24 hours, it's not going to bode well for for Washington. And maybe they do eventually 
succumb to the pressure of the fans and trade Beal to somewhere else and get a haul and retool. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go Wizards. Uh, and then we've also got uh, the Pistons and we've got the Timberwolves. Okay, the second last question. Remember, you got to do this. Side note, that song is an absolute banger. I've listened to the whole thing a few times now. We've got to get um, we've got to get uh, Mick Foley with the, the bang, bang bang. I could put a bang bang in there. All right, who wins six man of the year for this season? Australia's John Peck, what you got? Oh, far out. I don't even know who the sixth men. Yes, are. I'm struggling. You got to remember. <laughs> Lou Williams, why not? Well, outside of last it. year, he's won a couple of years in the yeah. row, in the row prior. It just feels like the actually. No, I'm changing. Can I change? Jared Allen. See, he, he's on. But he's, he's starting now. Okay, I changed back to Lou Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie Tilby, who is your sixth man of the year winner for this season? I already mentioned his name earlier in this episode, but I feel like he could uh, go one better. I think it's going to be uh, Mikael Bridges. Okay, isn't he starting? Isn't no, he starting? No, it's, it's Jay Crowder. Okay, fair call. That's actually a good call. I uh, I was debating putting Lamelo here, but I think it's only a matter of games before he starts for for Charlotte. So I'm going to go with uh, the the man who is evergreen, 34 years old. I'm going to go Goran Dragic with Miami Ooh. Heat as my sixth man of the year winner. Currently averaging 15 points, five assists, 2.3 rebounds, and shooting 50, 38, 87. So uh, Goran. Come on down and win the six-man for me so I can get some runs on the board. <laughs> and the last question. If you could buy anyone's jersey right now, who would it be? Anyone's jersey. I mean, any any player of all time? I'll leave it up to you. I guess there's no right or wrong answer. I thought let's just end it on a bit of a lighter lighter note sure. and you can um, get a bit of touchstone action, maybe a bit of nostalgia. I'm assuming yeah. you're going to say Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. <laughs> But if you can't, if you're ruling out Jordan, I don't know. I, I've always thought it would be cool to have like a Steve Kerr 25 jersey from the Bulls days. Mm-hmm. Bit of a cult hero. Very solid indeed. Uh, ooh. Of current ones, I wouldn't mind getting uh, a Tyler Hero Miami Vice jersey, the, uh, okay. the Photoshop gradient. I guess probably the other <laughs> one would have been like a, the, the Phoenix Sun City jersey, the Valley is, is looking pretty solid right now. Would that be a Booker? Or have you already got a Booker jersey? I don't yet. Surprisingly, I did have one, but it uh, it was getting a bit too small for me. So Maybe you could get a Bridges jersey, double down on that six-man. Yeah, not a, not a bad choice. We'll have to see if I can uh, get some money scrounged up and see what I can do. I, I would have said uh, a sign Sean Kemp but uh, I've got a basketball if he's on the way. So he's off the list. I'm just going to go, give me, and I talk about him all the time. Give me, give me a jar jersey. Give me a jar. Give me that city Timber, uh, not Timberwolves. Give me that city Grizzlies that you guys like, oh, I don't know about all the patterns. Give me that. Give me that right <laughs> in my face. Controversial. I like it. That's what I'm here to do. You know, you, you guys are zigging. I got a zag to make the content at least a little bit, uh, a little bit varied. Excellent. But yeah, that's the end of God, that's a banger of a song. <laughs> Blowing out the smoke, putting him country. back in the holster. Very, very good. And of course, if you've got any uh, 
opinions that you want to shoot from the hip for, you can always do so. Uh, comments, questions, queries, or complaints, you can do so with the hashtag HoopDreams. You can follow what we're doing at we are 8 bit And of course, our competition will be going live pretty much as soon as this Shorty episode balls. does go live. Of course, the code word, Shorty Balls. Shorty Balls! And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Tilby. Brendan, where can they follow you? You can follow me at Brendan8bit everywhere. And Jono, how about yourself? You can catch me at Jono himself. I can hear the police are coming to take one of you guys away. It's not me. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> that's, that's me <laughs> for some yeah. controversial takes in this week's episode. Maybe those old tweets have uh, <laughs> come back to haunt me. From You've been slanging that wood publicly. You were down the <laughs> shops. Right. Yeah. You're trying to get that pipe. <laughs> it's it's my, one, my one skill in life, it seems. Slanging wood. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that... Uh, I'll leave that to marinate, but uh, from me, Matt Tilby, Brendan White, and John O'Peck, it is goodbye from now. Take care. Sweaty balls. Sweaty mm. balls. I was just surprised at how many just disgusting tweets there were from all players. Uh, let's, let's make that a regular segment. I want all the disgusting tweets. <laughs> There's plenty more where that came from.